Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Flow and Flourish podcast. You are in the space where we talk openly and honestly about all of the many things that we are trying to juggle as moms, wives, entrepreneurs, business owners, full-time employees, and all of that good stuff. I am your host, Nicole Roan, The Capacity Coach, and I'm so grateful that you're here. If this happens to be your first time joining the podcast, then welcome. Hey, girl. Hey, this is your tribe, and you need to know that there are five pillars of flow that we focus on, where we believe that all of these pillars help you to be able to flow and flourish and show up in excellence, regardless of the room that you're in, to get an overview of those five pillars. I want you to go back to the first five or six episodes. They're really quick episodes just to get yourself immersed in what we're all about. I'll tell you quickly, they're heart flow, workflow, health flow, cash flow, and last but not least, faith flow. And when one of these areas of flow is out of order, then you need to know that your capacity is in jeopardy. And whether you realize it or not, There's a mental, emotional, and physical response that comes from one of these areas being out of flow. So make sure you go back, you take a listen to those, and get yourself all caught up. As for today, for all my listeners who have been here, listen, we have such an amazing episode today. I have none other than my sister friend, who was also part of the illustrious Purpose to Platform Business Incubator program that I was in last year. And she's going to be talking to us today about a to-don't list. Yes, I said what I said, the to-don't list. Instead of our to-do list, this to-don't list is going to help us to know where to focus our time, energy, and resources. Now, before I read her official bio, I do want to let you know that this episode is being brought to you by... The Balance Booster. Yes, this is my 90-minute intensive one-on-one coaching session where we work together to figure out what is going on in one of your areas of flow. We put together a plan of action based on what your goals are. And really, I'm helping you identify what your real priorities are so that you can spend the time and energy focusing on that versus filling up your capacity with stuff that is not aligned to what you're trying to do. So if that is something that you need in this season of your life, make sure you go right on over to my website or anywhere on social media and we can book a complimentary capacity check-in, okay? Now let me get into Miss Tiffany's official bio. I'm gonna tell you real quick too. I know I say it every time, but I really need you to have a pen and paper ready or something, because there's so much information. Like I've had to go back and listen to this episode a couple of times already. So your girl is telling you in advance, have something ready to get all of these nuggets. Tiffany Huff Struthers is a wife, mother, and a woman of faith. She is called to minister and mentor women and passionate about helping women reinvent themselves, following their worst setbacks, helping them find their voices, and then building businesses with their stories. Tiffany lives out her calling as an evangelist, award-winning author, sought-after speaker, coach, and host of the Fulfilled and Financially Free podcast. Tiffany recognized her gift to uplift at a very early age 
as her family became the billboard example for the epidemics plaguing the Black community, including drug abuse, single parenthood, gangs, poverty, and divorce. Nonetheless, Tiffany became the first in her family to graduate college and received numerous scholarships, including one from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to attend graduate school. In the midst of her graduate studies, she found herself in a relationship she had no idea how to end and seemingly suddenly went back from hardworking mother and student to heartbroken and homeless after being shot by her first love. Refusing to accept her worst setback as defeat, she began the journey of reinvention and had become the go-to for other women on the journey to do the same. Tiffany's resilience and resourcefulness is known to be a catalyst for changing lives after every single encounter. She is the founder and director of When She Thrives, which is a nonprofit with the mission to help equip single mothers to move their families from poverty to prosperity. Everybody, help me welcome Tiff to the Flow and Flourish podcast. All right, Miss Tiffany, ma'am, welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. How are you, love? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited and honored to be your guest. Listen, I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm just as excited to have you here. And I know this is going to be such a bomb episode and so many people need to hear this because we talking all about the to don't list today. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's get into it. Let's get into Listen, it. before we jump in, can you just talk to us a little bit? Tell us a little bit of your story, kind of how you got here, what you do, why you do what you do, and we'll go from there. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's like, you know, when the, I start. <laughs> the long and short of it is because God, that's why I'm here. Mm. Because God. That's why I'm doing this work because <laughs> God, because we won't even go into what I would be doing if it was up to me, probably be some raggedy. Listen, I'm laughing too, because I just did a podcast with courage and, you know, I asked her the same thing. Like, well, how did you become a faith coach? How did you get into this? She was like, girl, kicking and screaming. This is not what I wanted to do. Listen, but I learned very early on that if you get into a wrestling match with God and you think you're winning, you are losing. Okay. So that is ultimately how I got here. It is a consistent act of obedience. Mm. You know, I, I will say that for a very long time, I was climbing up the wrong ladders and being successful And then I finally got to a point where I realized that I was going to have to climb down the wrong ladder and start at the bottom of the right ladder. And on the surface, that was like the worst thing I could have done. But in all actuality, it was the best thing I could have ever done. Because even if you're at the bottom of the right ladder, you're much higher than you are at the top of the wrong one. And so that's kind of how I got here, being obedient and learning that our journeys are not something that we need to be ashamed or guilty about or try and hide. But in fact, it is our testimonies that make the difference and ultimately help us change the world. And so here we are. Damn, you just said a whole word. We could stop recording because <laughs> how many people are literally climbing the wrong ladder? And for me, that just makes me think about what I valued even two to five years ago, was getting to the top of that corporate ladder. I didn't care that I was sacrificing my self-care, my family, my peace of mind. 
And then when you realize like, yeah, I'm at the top over here, but now I got to climb back down. You want me to go backwards? Yeah. Sorry, Jesus. What? (laughs) And the people who are watching you, they like, you okay? You need to go get checked out. Why would you do such a thing? Yes. Like, what are you think? Like, did something happen? Did you hit your head? (laughs) You know, and being able to quiet that noise Mm -hmm. and focus on the one voice that matters most. It's not easy. But I'm so thankful that I finally stopped, as Courage said, kicking and screaming. (laughs) It's so much easier after you've done that. At the beginning, it's still not easy. You trying to go with the flow. Like I hear you, Lord, but the way my mindset set up, this is not what I want to do. And Listen, I would literally be laying in the bed, kicking my feet, like having a tantrum. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but that's the real, literally, literally. Oh. I tell people all of the time, like God ruined my life. Like, <laughs> when, I was going, when I was going through the process, I would be like, you know, Jesus, like it's literally ruining my life. But the word says that we have to die to ourselves, mm. right? To be able to live. So, and that's exactly what happened, like literally mm. over and over and over again. <laughs> you are literally like speaking my whole life right now. Cause I shared with you before we started recording that as a result of my dad passing, I now have custody of my 16 year old daughter. And I remember a couple of days before he passed, my husband and I were going there, you know, just to spend some time. And he was like, you know, we need to talk about getting custody of your sister. I went smooth off. Like the way my capacity set up, no, I'm not having that conversation with you. We're not about to do this. And God said, ma'am, what did I tell you? You know what I mean? And so I just, like I said to you, I had just had my daughter graduate high school. I'm like, yes, teenage years done. She's grown with these air quotes. And I didn't want to take on this additional responsibility. But I've since stopped kicking and screaming. And I can't tell you the value that I see that it's adding not only to her life, but our lives yeah. for you know my son to be getting to know his auntie in that way. And for my daughter to have someone closer in age, she's never had anybody that close in age in the house with her. So stop kicking and screaming, y'all. That's what we're trying to say to you. Yes. And I have to tell you, Nicole, you know, it took me a minute to even be able to reach out and see how you were doing because I was a whole daddy's girl. Like I care for my father the year like literally watched him die for a year. And so when he died, it took something, like people say, pardon me, died. No, literally, like I stood up at his funeral and I was like, you know, I didn't realize that my dad was like my best friend. Good, bad, or indifferent. And so it was very hard for me to know that you were experiencing that pain. But I have to say this to you with relationship to you having your sister, because and this has nothing to do with the don't list, but I it's feel right. it needs to be said. And I'll try to make it as quick as possible. At the very, very end, my dad ended up in hospice, in a nursing home that had hospice. And one day I went to see him and he got real quiet. And I'm like, what's wrong? He was like, I've been thinking and thinking and thinking while I'm laying in this bed, why my life is ending like this. Like, what mm-hmm. did I do that my life is ending like this? He's like, did I not witness enough? You know, what did I do wrong? 
Mm-hmm. And I joked with him at the time. I said, well, dad, you know, these people that are in here with you, they cannot get away from you. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you get the nurse to get you in your wheelchair and you just go in their room and witness to them. Like, where are they going? They can't get up by themselves. Right. Right. In the moment, that was what I had because I wanted to lighten the mood. Yeah. But what I know in hindsight now that I wish I had the mind capacity to have told him in that moment is if he hasn't witnessed to anybody else, he's witnessed to me. Yes. And though it's in his absence, I now have all of those seeds that he's planted that I'm sharing with other people that are going to have a trickle down effect, a trickle down effect, a trickle down effect. And even more so for you with your sister, she didn't have your dad as long as you did, but she has you to stand in the gap. And so all of those things that he's poured into you that you can pour into her and your other children and the work that you're doing. So count it a blessing, count it a blessing, because I wish that I had been able to tell my dad that, you know, and I can say mm-hmm. it's women, but you have a direct connection now to your, to your sister, to be, you can't replace him, but to be yeah. who he was for you. That bridge. And I know it's not easy, right? Nothing that we ever do that's worthwhile is easy, but it's a privilege and a pleasure and just another opportunity for you to make him proud, you know, to carry on his legacy. Yeah. And yeah, so. You don't even know that you are witnessing to me right now because it was the same thing. I watched my dad for the last two years really die, taking care of him, right? And he too was on hospice, but at home, because he was stubborn as all get out. Like, I'm not going to nursing home. What I'm not going to do is that. But he said literally the same thing. What did I do to go through ending my life this way? And I too made a joke and said, well, maybe you shouldn't have been shooting people with BBs when you was a little boy out the window, which is a true story. And so made light of the situation. (laughs) (laughs) But still to me, this ties to the to don't list because there were a lot of things that I had to put on my to don't list to be there to show up for him. There Mm -hmm. are things that are on my to don't list today so that I could be that bridge for my sister and carry out that legacy and really take everything that he's put inside of me and share not only with her and my children, but his legacy, right? To share with the world. And, you know, I know that we've started out kind of heavy, but, you know, people die every day and we're trying to figure out how to cope through those things. And, you know, having a to don't list to me, allows you to be able to do that. you got to figure out what is not deserving of your time, your energy, your thoughts, all of those different things. And so I just thank you for sharing that with me because I too am a daddy's girl and it's been in the words that you were saying and I wasn't and you know not trying to make it about me but I fully 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 understood it was too much for you wasn't it yes, it, was, it was like wow you know I never want anybody to endure that pain yeah. never 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 yeah oh well thank you for letting me know that I'm not alone and absolutely not I'm glad I know what we're saying even though it wasn't part of what we thought, it's still part of it and it's touching somebody else. So girl, transitioning, tell me 
about this to don't list? Because I know somebody's like, what? To don't list? I got a to-do list. How did it even work? So talk to me about where this came from. So the to-don't list came from overwhelm, right? Mm -hmm. I would say overwhelm and guilt, because let's be honest, we want to do the most. And when we, let me go back. I had a phase, a season, too long, too many seasons of my life. I won't say we, right? No, we, I'm in that overachiever class. Listen, I'm raising my hand you know, have a tendency to get overwhelmed and also feel guilty and shame around, you know, having some things that we wrote down, not checked off today or this week or this month or this year or by the age 30 or by the age 40. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have so much guilt and shame that we won't give ourselves permission to stop. Right. And really evaluate What's on that list? Why is it on that list, right? What's most important? And for me, for a very long time, being an overachiever, what was most important was checking everything off that list, right? But thinking about what's most important has to start before you even write anything down on that list. Hello. And so the to don't list is about being intentional about making sure that you are focusing on thinking about and doing what's most important, period. Mm -hmm. And the to don't list has to be written before the to do list. Otherwise you run the risk of, you know, having some overlap or putting something on your list. You don't have any business, right? And learning that just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Ooh, Listen, because you're good at it doesn't mean it's what you're assigned to, right? The other thing that the to don't list actually supports is you building up your strength in setting and maintaining boundaries. Because baby, if your to don't list don't have boundaries, you will be taking on all types of stuff that you have no business. And largely because you want to help. Mm-hmm. You know, because you want to be supportive, because you want to do more of the things that bring you joy. Mm-hmm. But we have to get to a place where the quality is much more important than the quantity. Oh, listen, I just, I knew we should have just stopped recording at the beginning because you don't say it so much. <laughs> I couldn't even write fast enough. <laughs> just, first of all, helping us understand that that to don't list has to be written before the to-do list, right? And even prior to that, understanding what is important, because I'm talking all the time about how in order to manage your capacity, you have to separate the essential from the important. Everything that's important is not the same as it being essential. And when we have everything on that list, that by the way, the overachievers, high achievers, type A, whatever you classify yourself as, you're trying to check off every single one of those. And when you don't, there comes that guilt. There comes that shame. There comes that frustration. Like and that alone. productive about any of that. Girl, no. Because then your, your time and energy and your mental capacity is focusing on what you couldn't get done, what you should have, could have, would have did, right? Yeah. All of those things. And you said something else. You talked about the boundaries, right? The boundaries that are needed 
in order for you to even create that to don't list. Yeah. Like, talk to me about that. So a lot of times when we think about boundaries, we think about other people, you know, like I need to stop her from being able to do this. I need to stop him from being able to do this. But the reality is that you have to set boundaries with yourself. You have to be accountable to yourself first. You can't expect someone else to respect your boundaries when you don't respect them yourself. And so I really try, well, I work really hard with my clients to help them realize that you don't have to set five goals, three goals, 10 goals at the start of the year or the quarter or the month. One goal. What is the one goal you can set that will have an impact on your entire life? Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be tasks and projects within other areas that, you know, lead back up to that goal. But if it doesn't align with that goal, even if it's an amazing thing, even if it looks like an opportunity, it's an obstacle and it's going to distract you. So you first have to be able to set the boundary and say, this is where my intention is lying. This is what is most important. This is what is going to move me and the people God has assigned to me who I have dominion over, be it your children, your clients, your family at large. This one thing, me focusing right here is what's going to change everything for everybody attached to me. Once you get to the point where you can do that, and it takes work, you know, we fall short, mm-hmm. come show up with bright lights and we'd be like, oh, what's that? How's that? Ooh. What is that? Right? Oh, but the thing is you can, you can be attracted to it, but before you say yes, you coming back to that goal. That one goal. Yeah. Yes. And you saying, this is good. This could work. Is it for right now? Or is it something you tuck away for later? Mm -hmm. So you have to have boundaries with yourself. And that's what the to don't list helps you to do. And so it starts with that focus. And then there are three steps that I give people to help them build their to don't list. Oh, we listen before we jump into them steps. I'm going to need to re-listen to this again because, oh, just so much, so many nuggets. I was smiling and nodding because last week I was talking about boundaries and how just as important as it is for us to set boundaries with other people, we have to first set them with ourselves, right? And the boundaries not only teach other people how to treat you, they're holding us accountable for what it is that we say that we want that we need, that we desire, all of those different things. And so that intentionality, like for example, this morning, I'm learning how to continue to take my own advice because I'm gonna be honest, it's not easy. It's so easy for me to coach my clients and tell everybody else what to do. But I had to be intentional about the one goal that I'm working on right now. I'm focusing so much in my health flow, right? Come on. Listen, I'm focusing on my health flow. So that means being intentional about the decisions I make every single day throughout the day. Yeah. Instead of me choosing to go to McDonald's or to go somewhere else and get fast food, I made a healthy breakfast this morning. And then instead of me deciding to sit on my phone and scroll through Facebook and Instagram, I said, I have 45 minutes before my next call. I'm going to go take that 30 minute walk because these small steps are leading to my big goal and I'm holding myself accountable. That's right. It's the boundaries. So ma'am, like, oh, something else you said. 
or opportunities can be obstacles and distractions. Everything is not a right now thing. It's not. And that comes, you know, I know I keep saying it, but it goes back to you being okay with your one goal, right? This is where you are in this season. Just because it's the trendy thing to do is what everybody is doing. Like, don't get FOMO. Tell them again, please. No FOMO. No, you don't know what one month, one week, one year of obedience and consistency can get you. But Mm. the moment you veer off that path, you, you might prolong your time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a real thing, right? Especially in the world that we live in today. Like you said, you on Instagram, you on Facebook. Now it's Clubhouse. We're not even going to talk about CNN and MSNBC. All Girl, of alignable, the other networking places. Look, Podcasts. Everything is coming at us so fast. And the sense of urgency from the messenger is almost sometimes detrimental, because you feel like you have to be doing everything right now. But if you're doing everything, you're really doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And we have to give ourselves permission to say yes to ourselves, which means you're going to have to say no to something and someone. Yes. Look, as I was walking, I was thinking about what kept coming up for me was, you know, with capacity, yes, it's about making room. It's about saying no and saying yes. But what are you willing to give up? Because yes, you can have it all, right? You can have work-life balance. You can have your family. You can have a successful career, but you cannot do it all. So what are you willing to sacrifice? Like that's literally what came up in my spirit for me. And so I want to know your thoughts on this too, because I know as a Black woman and as a woman in general, we're taught to multitask to the T you know, do this, do that, do this, wear all these different hats. And so for me, learning how to just do one thing at a time is so unnatural. It feels so odd. So how do we get to that point? And maybe this is a good transition to talk about the, you know, steps, but ma'am, what do you think about that? So I think just to go back to something that you said, you have to sacrifice some things, right? But you also have to be willing to surrender some things. They're not necessarily the same. No. You know, you hear people who have these success stories and they talk about how they had to sacrifice going out with their friends and da, da, da. But sometimes you have to be willing to surrender something. It doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It just has to be something that you're carrying that's not for you to carry in this season. And that's right now. Yes, it does go right into those three steps. But here's what I'll say about, you know, I did a series on the podcast about the lies we tell ourselves, which you were a guest and part Mm -hmm. of. And that's one of the lies that we tell ourselves is that we have to do all and be all. And a lot of times we've been taught that either intentionally or unintentionally by the women who came before us, who raised us, who contributed to us. And just because they did it that way does not mean that that's the way it's supposed to be done. You have to be careful of the lies you take on as truths because of the source. Mm. Right. Love your mama, love your grandmama, love your aunties, but be able to differentiate some of the things that you took on as truths that are actually lies that are keeping you bound. And that's one of them. Multitasking. <laughs> I remember I used to put that on my resume all of the time. Multitasking. It felt good about it, right? In my aunt's voice, it's a skill from the pit of hell. 
<laughs> the real skill is, especially in the world we live in today, is being able to focus in the moment, in the out, being able to focus on that one thing and be able to set everything else aside until that thing is done. Being present, right? You hear people talk about it all of the time, but you can't tell me to multitask and be present, like make it make sense, one or the other. That's not how that works. Not <laughs> you cannot do both, ma'am. Not. <clears throat> you cannot. So yeah, that's what I think about that. You know, and I used to be that one. S on my chest. Me too. Trying to save the day in the middle of the night, still trying to save the day. <laughs> in the middle of the night, right? The day's over. Yes. Listen. My husband took a picture of me while I was asleep a while back, and I literally had this face, hand on my chin, thinking, still thinking, still thinking. And I remember him showing it to me the next morning. He was like, "Hey, like, do you rest? Because you were thinking in your sleep. Like you, I I had to move you to make sure you were asleep." And probably in 2019, I slept for a weekend. Like I went to sleep. I woke up. I remember. My husband waking me up on Saturday, like I cooked dinner and I was on the couch holding the bowl or whatever it was. And I was asleep again. And I was afraid. Like I woke up on Sunday and I was like, the weekend is over. Like, Like, and my husband looked at me and he couldn't understand why I thought something was wrong. He was like, you're tired. (laughs) Like, Like, when do you rest? What do you think happened when you run 24 seven? Your your body finally caught up with you. He was like, that is only abnormal because you are functioning abnormally. And it was a huge wake up moment for me. I literally thought like I needed to go to the hospital. He was like, no, you were just tired. You were tired. Your body said enough (laughs) rest period. Yeah. Girl. Now talk to us about these steps that we can take in creating this to don't list, because I want you to know that from the time I heard you say this, I know we did one clubhouse together and you talked about this, but I create a to don't list before I do my to do list, because it helps me to make sure that there's none of that overlap that you talked about. So talk to me about these steps. You can do these in any order, but I think it makes sense to do it this way. So the first one is, what can I delegate? Mm -mm. You know, I'm big on delegation, right? Now, this this comes with both sacrifice and surrender, because you have to be willing to sacrifice it being done your way. And you have to be willing to sacrifice it being done perfectly. Mm. Right. And you have to be able to surrender responsibility. Mm. Right. And, and knowing that when you delegate something to someone, you are empowering them. Right. Mm. We as leaders, we want to raise up leaders. So you want to empower the person that you're delegating to. That means when you delegate, don't be calling and texting every five minutes. Because don't be micromanaging. Every, yes. We're not doing that. We are allowing that person to take responsibility for whatever it is, whether it is you deciding that your daughter is going to cook dinner on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or it is a staff person or, you know, someone on your team who is going to have added responsibility, completely release it. Now, obviously you want to do so with some standardization, right? Like this is the expectation 
So you do have to take that piece of it on. But after that, you have to be willing to release it. Ma'am, I'm not in agreement because I'm often saying that like delegation is a part of self-care and you have to do this both in your personal and your professional life. And I remember reading something that stuck with me. So I say it all the time. I don't remember who it was, but if you find it, you let me know. But it's that you can't tell somebody what to do and how to do it at the same time. Like, where's the empowerment in that? So I love that you say that. Yes, don't call, text every five minutes. Let them do what they're going to do and let them come to you with questions. It ain't your business no more. That's right. And when you look at the things that you have to do, and you're trying to determine what to delegate, you can determine, you know, don't set the standard for the person having to do it 100% as well as you. 80% might be enough. 70% might be enough. 50% might be enough, especially if you are an overachiever or a perfectionist, right? And I'm calling me out. (laughs) I'll give you an example. You know, a lot of people started doing this because of the pandemic, but I find that it just makes sense. My husband's like, oh man, he likes to go to grocery store every day. I don't. I use the grocery delivery services. Oh, but I don't like when people pick my fruit and I don't like when people listen. He sound like Chef Ron. Sir, if you want to go smell fruits and vegetables, have right on at it. I'm going to order what I need. Right. And there may be a day like when you are making something particular, you're going to go to the grocery store, but on a consistent basis, Instacart has me. And I'm the way my capacity set up, they, they going to do what I need them to do. Right. So that's an example. So after you've delegated, then you want to look at what you can automate. So Instacart is is an example of a double whammy. It's delegated and it's automated. (laughs) Two for one. Yes. You know, so what is it that you are doing every single step of that if you invest the time, you could automate and it could be done for you. So it's one less thing for you to worry about. And when we think about this, we think first about emails, business systems, but this could be bills that you are paying. You can't remember your passcode. So every month you got to change your passcode so you can log in and pay your bill. Put it on auto draft. And the amount of angst that comes from having to change your password and then you finally log in and realize the bill is due. So now you got a late fee. It's clogging up your mental capacity. You taking your anger out on the people that's around you. Ma'am, put it on auto pay. And then there are certain things that we do once or twice a year that become a huge task, like filing your taxes. Set up a system when you're sending receipts to your accountant every month. Set up a system where you're sending those doc, you know, bank statements every month so that when it comes time to do that, it doesn't take you a week. You can't get nothing done because you're facing the deadline. You can be looking for receipts (laughs) under your bed, in your drawers, in your car. Yes. I've been there. That's why I'm laughing because that was me a couple of years ago. Ada made it. Oh, I love that. Think about the things that you do. And I should have said this initially before I gave you those steps, like think about the things that you do weekly, monthly, quarterly, that are the same things over and over and over again. These are the things that, you know, they don't have a lot of variation. Those are the things you can look at most, you know, the quickest to be able to delegate and automate. Yeah, I love that. And I want to add one to automate that 
I know I may get some frowns on, but I was working with another coach and we were talking about automating laundry because laundry is the bane of my existence. I hate that every time I empty the basket and get something put away, I blink and it's full. Like who has time to be doing all the laundry, putting it away? Like, no. And so even within household items, right? Delegating laundry, because for me, it's painful. It takes up so much time running up and down the stairs. Now we have like a tri-level townhouse. All the bedrooms are upstairs on the highest level. The laundry's all the way in the basement. So yes, I'm getting my steps going up and down and back and forth, but then I'm the type that will leave my laundry in the basket too long. Now I got to iron everything because it's been sitting in the basket for a week, ma'am figure out how to automate some of that. And I want to add, don't be afraid to invest because the money that you're spending to do those automations is yes. giving you your time and your freedom. Yes. Off absolutely. my soapbox. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and you cannot put a price on your time. If you think about your laundry or anything else that you know you can automate and you'd be like, but the cost, that costs too much. How much is your time worth? What is the value of one hour of your time? If it's costing you more to do with yourself than it would for you to automate or delegate, there's your answer. Period. Finished and done. Yes. Like it shouldn't even take a second thought. It's getting in that mindset too, though, of really being able, again, these are things that we have been taught that have been handed down. Do it yourself. Don't waste your money on X, Y, and Z. No, well, not to mention, like, I can hear my grandmother saying, like, you letting somebody else wash your drawers. Listen, <laughs> that's what keeps us from doing it. Girl, that couldn't be me. That ain't yeah. what a woman's supposed to do. I, yeah. Well, grandma, I love you, but the way my capacity set up, uh, <laughs> I let them wash my drawers happily, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. okay we got, so what can you delegate? What can you automate? Uh, automate? And then the third one, which I find is the most challenging for us as overachievers is eliminate. <sighs> Some things simply have no business on your to-do list, in your wheelhouse, in your inbox, on your calendar, in your text message feed. <laughs> Let's just be real, right? Be honest, yeah. Some people you have no business following on social media. Like some stuff you just don't need anymore. What have you collected that you just won't get rid of? And you're caring for it, right? If you Mm -hmm. have stuff and you're storing it, whether it's tangible or intangible, it's costing you. Yeah. Time to eliminate it. Yeah. It's costing you to care for it. It's costing you to maintain it. Eliminate it. That could be a subscription service that you just giving your money, right? And you keep putting it on your to-do list to start X, Y. Oh, I'm going to watch X, Y, Z, or, you know, I'm going to start going to that kickboxing class and you put it on your schedule every week. And then at the end of the night, when you don't go, you stress yourself out because of the money that you pay in these people and you're not utilize, eliminate it. Get out my business, okay? Do you it's know, not- I literally yesterday was sitting in my phone And realized, I'm like, let me just check these subscriptions. I had three or four subscriptions that I was just giving money away to 
for workout stuff, right? It was like Apple Fitness, some other kind of online, this, that, or the third, because I kept saying, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on my schedule. I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. And I had to eliminate it. Yeah. Like literally taking the time to eliminate these things because like you said, mentally, physically, even emotionally, it's taking up your capacity. Yeah. You don't have the capacity to show up and do what you need to do at work or to do what you want to do for yourself and your family, because this is the stuff that you're holding on to yeah. that you don't even realize it. Yeah. So what can you eliminate? Oh, and man. let's be clear in that, like I said, sacrifice and surrender, everything that you will have to delegate automate or eliminate is not bad, right? Yes. But you have to be mindful again, back to that goal, back to your boundaries, back to your capacity. What's most important. You can't be on 10 boards. Yes. The organizations have amazing missions. Yes. They're doing great work. Yes. You want to serve the community, but you don't have the capacity to be on 10 boards and it does not serve you to pay your assistant to do the work that you're supposed to do from one of those boards when she needs to help you do what's most important what you hired her to do so it might be time to resign from some leadership positions or shift right you can still Mm -hmm. serve you don't have to leave Mm -hmm. that's one of the decisions i had to make this year and it was challenging it was something Mm -hmm. i had been doing for a while And I have been part of a lot of growth and like, it's time though, you know, everything has a season. It's time to move on. It's time to shift your focus. I had to eliminate that position. I thought about, well, I could still be on the board and not be the chair. And God was like, no, talk yourself into it. (laughs) This was something I was supposed to release, not last year, not the year before, but even before. I had to leave my church. Not that I was leaving church completely, but it was time to move on. And I had some responsibilities there. I had to eliminate those. There's someone else with the responsibility to delegate it to someone else. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be willing to surrender and not let my fear or my concern about who would do it, how well they would do it, when they would do it. I had to surrender that to God. That was none of my business. Listen. I am just like, I'm outdone because you've said so many different things, even the surrender versus sacrifice and understanding, you know, eliminating some of these things. They don't always have to be bad things. They do not. But managing your capacity to do them all is what's required. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how I've created this calculation that, you know, there are. 119 awake hours that you have available to do things throughout the week. So Mm. that subtracts on average, I just said seven hours of sleep because that's the doctor recommendation. That's what I base it off of. Right. Fluctuates. But in general, what are you doing with those 119 hours? Right. You're going to have to delegate. You're going to have to automate and eliminate things in order to have that capacity. So Ooh, this to don't list. I know and, somebody and is like with yourself, right? Because <laughs> otherwise you are using 130, 140 hours and you hate your successful life. You hate and it. And then you're negative. That's like your bank account, right? Are you going to go spend $200 on something when all you really got is a hundred in the bank? Now you're negative. 
Mm. And so that's where that resentment comes in. That's where that frustration comes in because you've given more than what you have available. Yeah. can't do that, ma'am. Yes. And the last thing I will say about elimination is actually what I likely should have said first is that you have to be willing to become aware of the thoughts that you need to eliminate, right? Like you have to be willing to become aware of those things because there's some things that you just think about that you like, this is what I need to do. This is what I should do. Is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have no obligation to anybody else's expectation. Zero. Man. So, and you do have to, from time to time, evaluate your own expectations of yourself. Some of those expectations need to be eliminated. No, you said a lot of good things, just all of those, that awareness, right? And that's necessary in each and every step. Yes. It goes back to what you were talking about earlier too. What's on that list? Why is it there? And what's most important? So, oof. Listen, I want to thank you for being here. And before I let you go, though, having me, this has been so good. You know, we're going to have to do a live together. I know we were talking about that, but I'm here for it. Listen, we'll figure out the timing. Yes. Um, But before then, I ask everybody a couple of questions and I'd like you to answer them. I'll go with all three when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. If you had the opportunity to go back in time and have a conversation with the 17-year-old version of yourself and you could give her one piece of advice, I see your face, (laughs) and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? Choose you. Choose you. Um, And that is because at that time, I got chills just thinking about that. Mm. Because at that time, was when I was very diligent about climbing the wrong ladders, about doing what was expected and about forcing some things that were not meant to be. And it was largely because I felt like I needed to make other people proud and I wanted other people to be happy. And I wasn't listening enough to myself to choose myself. And so I never did. To choose you, because I recall too, and that's why I ask about 17, because at that time, I was climbing the wrong ladder too. So, oof, I love that. Since we're on the Flow and Flourish podcast, tell me something that you do on a regular basis to make sure that you're able to flow and flourish in every area of your life. <laughs> so I have a morning ritual. It's called the Power Morning. And when I don't do it, you'll be like, what's wrong with Tiff? Ooh, you see Tiff today? I don't know. And so power is an acronym. I'll give it to you very quickly. P is for prayer, you know, prayer, connecting. O is for opening up or meditation. Um, And usually that's me meditating on God's word or just being still so I can hear his voice. Mm -hmm. You know, prayer is when you talk to God. You know, meditation is when you create the space for him to speak to you. The W is for writing. Not for like writing a best-selling book, just journaling and processing your thoughts and getting all of that mess out of your system so that you're not carrying it through the day. Mm-hmm. And perhaps writing down what God spoke to you when or if you were being quiet. The E is for exercise, pretty self-explanatory. Not running a marathon in the morning, but just doing something to get your blood flowing and feel alive. It could be. Yes. And the R is for reading. 
And this is something that's going to feed you mind, body, spirit, you know, like not your Facebook feed, but like a book, a devotional. Thank you for pointing that out. (laughs) So that's like my morning ritual. And I tell people, if you can get the pal, you are ahead of the game. And I also tell people it's not about legalism. You don't have to do it in order. Some people start with exercise because it takes them to their knees and then they start praying and they Mm -hmm. do that. (laughs) It's really about. (laughs) Oh, you're so right. Because sometimes some people do, you know, work to the bone with that exercise and they hit their knees like. I might as well pray while I'm down here. Listen, because if I decide to do some burpees at the last one, I might be like, I'm in me. Yeah. <laughs> Take the wheel. Be a fence. Get me up. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, that is so good. And it reminds me of, um, what is the name of that book? I can't think of it. The Morning Miracle. Mm-hmm. It, it's something similar to that. But I love the acronym. That is amazing. I'm going to put that in the show notes too. All right. Last but not least, we have talked about so many things and you have dropped so many gems, nuggets, all of those good things. What is the one thing you want the listeners to walk away with knowing, feeling or implementing as a result of our conversation today? So one of the first questions that you asked me is how I got here. And I gave, you know, a long answer, but the truth of it is, is that I decided to trust God. And that's what I would leave the listeners with, because in order for you to be intentional about having one goal and one goal only, in order for you to be intentional about delegating, automating, eliminating, in order for you to really get intentional about setting boundaries and protecting yourself and your time, you got to be willing to trust God because some of those things are not going to seem normal, right? A lot of those things are not going to get supported. They're not going to get applause. You can't post them on Instagram. But if you are trusting God through the process, that's going to be what's going to keep you. That's what kept me. Mm. I know it might sound kind of cliche, but that is like from my heart, the truth. It's not though. I don't take it to be cliche because that's at the helm of everything. And I love that you circle back to the first question, because when I think about how I got here and became the capacity coach, it's because I trusted God. I got here kicking and screaming too, y'all you know, and it's about the obedience and you cannot do any of those things that you mentioned. None of those steps from delegation to automation and elimination without trusting God and being in relationship with him to give you the guidance so that you can surrender. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not selectively. That's a whole nother episode. We ain't talking about selective surrender, like all of it, wash your hands, let it go. Like what you do with delegation. So I love that you shared that. Oh my goodness. I know this episode is going to bless a lot of people. Tell everybody where they can find you though. And if you have anything that's going on, I know somebody going to want to work with you. Like, ma'am, I got my to-do list. Now what? (laughs) I am the Tiffany Huff in all of the places in the internet streets. Instagram, these streets, streets, telling the people, helping the people. So you can find me anywhere at the Tiffany Huff. And I also have a podcast, which is rebranded as Fulfilled and Financially Free. Girl, I didn't know this. Yes, it's on Apple, all the places where you can find this podcast. You can also find that. And yeah, 
anybody who wants to work with me can find the links to do so on any of those places or the tiffanyhuffexperience.com. Yeah. And they're also in the show notes as well. So, oh, this has been so amazing. I cannot wait to reconnect with you. Just thank you for your time and sharing everything. This has meant more to me than, you know, I wasn't even, I knew it was going to be good, but this was like good, good. This fed my soul today, ma'am. Oh, mine as well. Thank you so much for having me and sharing your space. I don't take it lightly and I'll be looking forward to when we get to connect again. Me too. Listen, like, listen, was that not amazing? Ooh, from the three ways to really put together that to don't list, understanding what we can delegate, what we can automate, and what we can eliminate across our personal and professional lives. Like, that's a whole word, a whole word. And then when she said that opportunities can be obstacles and distractions, like I know I needed to hear that too, because there are so many opportunities that come up, but everything is not a right now thing. And so I'm sure that touched you too. Listen, it was just so good to connect with such a like-hearted, like-minded woman. And I know she said some things that are tugging on your heartstrings too. With us being almost at the end of September and going into the last couple months of the year, think about what she said. What can you delegate? What do you need to automate? What can you eliminate? Because these are the only ways that you're going to be able to free up your capacity and spend time doing the things that matter most to you. This is the only way that you're going to be able to be the mom, be the wife, be the friend, be the person you need for you to be. We got to start looking at what's on our plate and figuring out how to do these three things in order to manage our capacity. If this episode moved you, which I know it did because I'm still over here beaming, then I want you to make sure that you, number one, not only get out in social media and let Tiffany know how this hit different for you, but for you to also share this with somebody who needs to hear it. And if that somebody is you, listen to it again. Ain't no shame in that. When I tell you there are certain episodes that I listen to over and over again because I get new information every time, I mean it. So even if this is just for you to listen to again, make the time to do that. Free up some capacity to listen to the tips that are given because I guarantee it's going to change your life. And then last but not least, make sure that you are rating and reviewing this episode because it helps so much. There are so many women's lives that I want to continue to change around the world. And I can't do that if they don't know how dope this podcast is. So I need you to make sure that you're doing all three of those things. And listen, as for next week, I have my girl, the Cassandra Alexis, who is a newly published author. She's a chief empowerment officer. She's going to be talking to us about living our lives like a brand and how we are walking businesses. Okay, so I need you to make sure that you tune in. Check us out. It's going to be an amazing episode. I'm super excited about it. And you already know, if you need anything from me, I'm here. 
Most of us are, you know, not used to asking for help, don't know how or don't want to ask for help. Listen, you're not asking, I'm offering. So if you need some help and you're working through things going on in your heart flow, you got stuff that's going on in your workflow, in your cash flow, just any of the different flows, let's talk about it. Send me a message, book a complimentary capacity check-in. Let's figure out how I can help you so that you have the capacity to show up and do the things that you need to do on a regular basis. As always, I'm so grateful for you taking your time and energy to listen to this podcast. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week. Until then, I'm thrilled to be your capacity coach. And I look forward to continuing to be able to help you create balance between your personal and professional life without ever having to sacrifice yourself, your family, or what matters most to you. Talk to you soon.